happy Tuesday, fam. Um, I hope you're having a wonderful, wonderful start to your week. Mine is going very well. I can't complain. If you hear some creaking, some footsteps, some doors closing, um, maybe even a dog barking, I'm at my house, obviously, but Kellen is also home, so he's working on some things as well. But our house that we are renting here in Brooklyn, New York, is 120 years old. So it is literally a piece of history, which I love, and where a lot of things were renovated, there's still a lot of things that are original. So our staircase, um, all the floors, um, basically the bones of this house are all original, which I am obsessed with. Um, so there's a lot that looks very updated and clean and new drywall and all of that. But there's also a lot of character still in this house. So if you hear some noises in the background, we'll shoot. I'm not in a studio. I'm in our closet. So that is why. But I wanted to start today's podcast off with a devotion. This devotion is called God's Purpose for Your Life, and it is by Charles Stanley. Kellen bought two more devotions by Charles Stanley because if you follow me on Instagram, which I'm sure most of you, if not all of you do, then you know that I did and have been trying to do um, devotions as much as possible on IGTV. And they've been so great. And my friend Karis sent me Every Day in His Presence by Charles Stanley. And it just started a movement. It inspired me. I love his devotions. And then Kellen went on to buy two additional ones. So I'm reading out of another one, which is called God's Purpose for Your Life. And I love this one as well. So let's jump right into a devotion for today. It is January 26th. Can't believe it. We're almost to February. This baby is coming so fast. Um, But the title of the devotion is God Satisfies. And the opening scripture is Psalm 143, 6. And it says, My soul longs for you as a parched land. And the devotion reads, Only God can meet all of your needs with his infinite power, love, and wisdom. So if you are hoping for someone else to do so, your focus is misplaced. That may be the cause of some of the emptiness you feel. This is because no person, group, or organization is equipped to satisfy you fully. Certainly not the deep inner needs that are vital to your sense of wholeness. The reach of human interaction always falls short, specifically because there are areas of our lives made only to interact with God and Him alone. However, When you allow the Lord to be your source of fulfillment, His presence vastly improves your relationships. This is because He understands who you are and what it takes to fill your heart. He heals those areas of woundedness that cause you to react in fear and anger. And He gives you insight into how to love others as He does. People can and should love and help each other, but no one should ever think they can satisfy the deepest inner hungers of another soul but God can. Look to him, point others to him, and allow him to fill you completely. And at the bottom it says, Jesus, thank you for understanding me. Be my source, Lord. Teach me how to depend on you for my needs. Amen. And I love this devotion because I don't think I've ever really shared too much in depth about it, but I had such an incredible encounter with God, like a fresh encounter with God right before I met Kellen. 
And in the months prior, I was really focusing on working on myself, which sounds so cliche, but that's what I was doing. And I really was getting with God. And I said, you know what, Lord, I'm putting this on the altar, you know, because ever since I was a little girl, I never dreamt of being famous or a CEO or having this big career. And if you did there, that's God puts different dreams inside of all of us. I just didn't dream that my dream, honestly, was I want to be a wife and a mom. But in that I a lot of my focus once I got to be of, you know, dating age and in my 20s and then I was approaching 30s. And a lot of my focus was, oh my gosh, is this ever going to happen? I need to keep my eyes open. I need to be alert for my husband, wherever he is at, where is he, Um, you know, at church or just in general, you know, you can't help. I know that some of you are out there or if you are married, you probably remember pre-marriage, your eyes are always kind of wandering, right? You're always like, is he here? Is he in this room? What's going on? How do I look? Like you're very, it can be, it can become consuming depending on your personality. And I think a little bit towards my later twenties, it did become a little consuming for me. And I remember just getting to the point where I was like, you know what, God, this is not, this is not the way you created me to live. And I say, I trust you, but if I really trusted you, my focus would be on you. It wouldn't be on, oh, I got to find the right person. You know, I would notice even sometimes I'd go into church or I'd visit a new church. And instead of going there with my focus on God and what he wanted to speak to me, just through his presence, through the Holy Spirit, through the pastor, through the speaker, whatever it was, I really realized, oh, I have kind of like one foot in, one foot out. My eyes are kind of scanning, but I'm also like kind of pressing in. And I just got to the point in my own life personally where I decided, you know what? I don't want that half in, half out. I say that you're the love of my life. I say that I want to, you know, follow you with everything I have. I say these things, but what does it look like to actually live that way? Really, really buy into it and really lean in and press into it and just you know, let it really be consuming. And so that's what I did. I said, you know what, I'm going to stop looking. I'm going to stop, you know, it's going to be hard, but I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop scanning all the time, if that makes sense. And I just really focused on God exposing all the areas in me that maybe weren't going to be beneficial in a marriage because that's all I wanted. But I was like, you know what, God, if you wanted me to meet my husband, I would have already. So maybe, just maybe, there's some areas in me that you still want to fix. And so I really pressed in. I'm like, would you just expose every area that would not be good in marriage or that would, um, especially past hurts. I've had quite a lot of rejection in my life. Um, My first relationship that I was ever in was abusive in quite a few different ways, and that set me up to be kind (laughs) of a long journey for healing. And I just remember thinking, I don't want to bring all of this into a relationship because it is true when you get in a relationship with someone, you're both not only exchanging the best parts of yourself, but you're also exchanging the worst parts of yourself. And I said, I just really want to honor whoever my husband happens to be. And I would hate to, to, you know, basically dump a bunch on him that I could have figured out and I could have um, dealt with before I met him. I don't want to bring baggage and weight into a relationship, especially the right relationship. 
I want to come in as free and as light and as wonderful of a gift of a person as I can. And I hope that they're doing the same thing. So, and again, that kind of goes in, I've said it before, but that kind of goes into if you're single, instead of looking for the right one, focus on becoming the right one. What do you want your future spouse to be doing currently? How do you want them to be living their life? Um, I remember thinking for myself, I don't want to, you know, I want my husband, my future husband, whoever that is, or whoever God has for me, I want him to be waiting for me the same way I'm waiting for him. And in that, I don't want him entertaining other girls, quote, in the meantime, until I show up. I don't want him, you know, texting or flirting or this or that. And that might sound extreme to some people, and that's totally cool. We're all different, made uniquely and beautifully. But I remember thinking, if I don't want him, you know, killing time with people until I show up, well, I don't, I, what makes me think I should live at a different standard? And so that really helped me not to engage in relationships and with people, um, with guys that I knew it wasn't going to go anywhere because I was like, somewhere out there is a husband and I really want him to be saying no the same way I'm saying no, if that makes sense. And I remember just going on this really beautiful journey with God and really getting to a place where I put marriage on the altar. And I said, God, I don't want marriage or a spouse to be my source or to satisfy me. I truly want you to be the one that satisfies me, period. And if you want to bless me with a spouse, and I believe that you do, I really believe that that's in your plan for my life because I don't believe that you're a bad God or a God who sets us up to be disappointed. I believe that you put desires in our hearts, but you want to be the one to fulfill the desire in the right timing. And sometimes God doesn't hide things. I think oftentimes he doesn't hide things from us. He hides things for us. Because if we got everything we wanted when we thought we were ready for it, sometimes the weight of the responsibility of a blessing would crush us. And he's like, I love you so much. I love that job or that person or whatever. Like I love, I just love my kids so much that I can't bless you with something that will crush you. Because then how much more disappointed would you be if you got everything you ever wished for and dreamed for only for it to fall apart? because you just couldn't manage it or you weren't ready for it. So I just decided to change my perspective and say, you know what, God, I want your timing. I want your will. I am going to put this on the altar. Even if I never, ever, ever got married, even if I never had children, even if I were alone the rest of my life, if it were just me and you, that is enough. You are enough And anything else on top of that is just going to be added blessing. And that's the way I want my life. And that was really hard and really painful because it's very hard to lay something down and say, hey, God, this is my biggest dream in life. But if you don't, if you don't give it to me, I'll still love you. But that's really where I got to. I got to that point. And truly, it was when I got to the point where I believed it. I didn't, I wasn't just saying it anymore, but I was really like pressing in and God and I were just, we had such a beautiful relationship and I sincerely still had the desire. It would be silly to say I didn't, but I genuinely really felt, God, you are all I need. 
I want these other things, but as long as I have you, my needs are met, period. And when I started really operating that way in faith, and then it started becoming a lifestyle, guess what? That's when I met Kellen. And it was so nice because initially when I met him, there were no strings attached. I wasn't looking for Kellen as my, quote, future husband or my husband or a partner. I wasn't looking for anything from him except for just his companionship, his company, getting to know him. I wasn't he I wasn't looking to him to meet all of those deep needs that only God could meet. God was meeting those needs. So then our relationship was able to be so free and so fun because he came in in a similar place. And I want to encourage you guys because I read this devotion and I express, you know, oh, I had everything in the right alignment, but things got out of whack as they often can. And so I remember being in relationship with Kellen and then things starting to feel a little frustrating for me or agitating or just not, or just something, you know, when something just feels kind of like off or askew and I'm like, what is going on? I'm so mad, God. You are so clear to me. You spoke so clear to me. I know I'm not in the wrong relationship, but why? What's going on? And he revealed to me, he's like, you, I've slipped. You've put Kellen in that place where you're looking to him to meet all those needs that only I can meet. And he can't physically do it. It's not fair to look to him to be your sole comforter or your sole cheerleader or anything. And so we were actually already engaged and God told me, and I don't think I've ever shared this publicly actually, but God told me verbatim, he said, (laughs) there is a I don't even know who came up with it, but I don't, you guys might have heard it, which is it takes 21 days to either form a new habit or break an old habit. There's something about those 21 days. Um, We often do 21 day fasts at the beginning of the year and just kind of reset our spiritual life and go after God. So there's something significant about those 21 days. And I remember God coming to me and telling me straight up, he said, hey, remember when you said that I was all you needed and you didn't need anything else? Well, now I've given you, you know, your future spouse. Do you really still feel that way? Do you not need Kellen? And it scared me to be honest because I'm like, oh my gosh, I think I need him. And instead of just like desiring companionship, I was like, oh, I think I need it now. I'm finding my identity in this relationship. And God basically, we, we, I just kind of wrestled with him and he said, if you want to really be fulfilled in this relationship, you need to get your fulfillment from me first because you're asking too much of Kellen right now. You're requiring too much of him that he physically, emotionally, spiritually, like he wasn't, I didn't design him to meet those needs in you. So you demanding, and it wasn't demanding in like a meet this need, but basically by me kind of desiring and wanting him to meet these needs in me, I was depleting him, which was depleting our relationship. We were both a little frustrated and it was exhausting. And so God literally said, if you want to correct this, then I want you to go 21 days without going to him. 
I don't want you to talk to him. I don't want you to, um, because Kellen became the person who I went to with all my good news, all my bad news, all my news, everything. And when, when I met Kellen, I was going to God first and then Kellen was always my number two. And that's one thing, um, I don't know if we've ever shared it or not, but that's one thing Kellen and I always talk about the thing that we love most about our relationship and the thing that we asked each other a lot in the beginning was, you know, I just want to be your number two. If I'm ever at number one, like I'm going to let you know and you need to demote me back to number two. Because if we are in God's slot, aka the number one slot, we do not have the resources, the ability. We have nothing. We're going to fail in that role. So if God can be number one and then we can be right after God, man, it is the sweet spot in a relationship without a doubt. And so, yeah, God basically just said 21 days. You're, I want you to come to me. Basically, I needed to reset my behavior. I needed to re, you know, I had fallen into old behaviors. I had fallen into this pattern and this um, routine of just going to Kellen, going to Kellen, going to Kellen. And the thing is, it wasn't even a negative thing. I would go to him with exciting news. And of course he wants to know my exciting news. He would celebrate with me. I'd go to him with, um, you know, after a hard day at work or struggles or frustrations with friends or whatever it was. And he would stop and he would pray with me from the outside. It wasn't wrong. It was just, my heart was in the wrong place. I was approaching it as, okay, you're going to fix this as opposed to going to God first, getting my needs met through him, letting him reveal things to me, not only about myself, but about the person maybe I was in conflict with or about my job or, you know, Kellen is not the Holy Spirit. Kellen is not God. And I think sometimes it is just normal and human nature that the person you see tangibly, like you see them every day, you can physically touch them and hug them and kiss them. It's it's easy to kind of let that person become the largest voice in your life. And that had happened with us. And so I remember just having to go to Kellen. We're engaged to be married. And I have to go tell my fiance, hey, God told me not to talk to you or see you for three weeks. I It revealed so much insecurity and fear I still had because in my mind, I well, growing up, I had a lot of self-worth issues. And even though I had worked through a lot of them and Kellen's helped me so much with so many of those one thing that terrified me was if I can't be there every day in his life to show, and this isn't even just Kellen, this is like friendships, this is everything. If I can't be present to show someone the value I add to their life, they're going to forget about me. I shared earlier, I struggled with rejection. They're going to reject me. They're going to leave me. They're going to abandon me. And I was in, but it was so beautiful because it was almost like God said, Hey, I love both of you so much that I don't want either of you to go another day while you still have this insecurity because it's not fair to enter into a relationship of marriage for either of you. If you have these insecurities, you should go in whole and I can heal you, but you got to come back to me. You got to spend time with me. And so I just remember Kellen being so supportive. And even though he was like, you know, he wasn't quite sure what was going on. He trusted God and he trusted that I heard from God. And he said, okay, I'll be here in 21 days. And he was. And our relationship honestly has never been stronger. It was in that three-week break 
that my will was broken, that I really returned back to Jesus and was like, okay, you are it. It is me and you. I'm so sorry. I had to repent for putting something else above him and just really realigning my life and reprioritizing and getting everything back in order. And as I did that with every day that passed, God revealed so much beauty to me. Um, Not only, and I of course was wondering, I wonder what Kellen's doing. I wonder how he's doing. I wonder if he misses me. Like, what is he going to think at the end of this time? And, but every day that passed, I got more confident in my relationship with God. I got confident in my, in my self-value and my worth. I was confident in our relationship, even though I couldn't talk to him. And God did so much in my life personally that I I could feel every day, wow, I am a better, I will be a better spouse because of this time right now. And it was during that time that Kellen actually was doing his own work and his own time with God. And God brought him to a husband and wife. He, the husband ended up marrying us, they're pastors and they are mentors And they are probably, well, without them, I don't know where we would be because they have really been such incredible spiritual um, mentors and offered such, just such God-centered advice and wisdom. They have seven children, I believe, and they just love Jesus. They're amazing, amazing people. And had I not been obedient to God and taken that break, all the ma- the amazing work that was done in me that let me go into marriage so much more whole and you know has allowed us to enjoy marriage so much more wouldn't have taken place and had i not been obedient and taken those 21 days kellen would never have met this couple who their influence on in our lives has been invaluable because the way kellen and i see it is no one has had a successful marriage until they get to the to, till death do us part and God calls one of them home. So for me, it's like we look at, I, you know, I look at my parents who have a great marriage and I would say it's successful to this point, but the way we view success is getting to the end of our marriage. And at the end of our marriage is when one, or if we have a deal to go out together, <laughs> when one of us goes to heaven, both of us go to heaven and we love each other and love God more that day than the day we got married. And that's what we view as success. So anyways, all that being said, I just really want to encourage you guys to take a little look around and ask yourself, what is satisfying your soul right now? Where are you finding your needs being met? Are your needs being met in a job Are your needs being met in a relationship, in a friendship, in your group of girlfriends? Um, Is it even being met through a podcast or a pastor? Basically, is is your need being met and are you being satisfied by something that can be taken away? And that's kind of where the point that I got to where I looked and I said, oh my gosh, my need is being met and my source is in things that could disappear tomorrow. I hope they don't. But even when it was Kellen, it was like his life isn't promised tomorrow. I believe that he's going to live a long, healthy life, but that's fragile. God, nothing can take away God right now. And it won't. I mean, nothing can take it away. Nothing will take it away. But if my fulfillment is in 
achieving something or if my fulfillment is in the my ability to perform well or if my if my you know fulfillment and satisfaction is in a relationship or a friendship well shoot all those things can be stripped away and then where would i be left with i really needed to rewrite the ship and i still have to do that honestly i still find myself getting frustrated sometimes or anxiety and then i take a step back i'm like oh my source. You know, even right now, we're having this sweet baby girl who I love so much and I haven't even met her yet. But it is so easy for me to slip into, you know, her almost having a job of being my happiness and what I'm looking forward to and my satisfaction. And I have to remind myself, oh, Lord, even if this little girl never got here, you are my source. You are all I need. Everything else is just icing on the cake. So anyways, I just want to read the prayer at the bottom one last time of this devotion because I think it's so good. And it's a great prayer that we really should pray daily. And it says, Jesus, thank you for understanding me. Because I think that's the other thing. Sometimes we sell God short about like, you're God, you're up there. You don't get what I'm going through. You don't understand. I think if we could approach God rather than this big entity in the sky, but as someone who intimately is walking with us and knows every fiber of what we're feeling, I just think that would be such a game changer because he does understand us. Um, But it says, Jesus, thank you for understanding me. Be my source, Lord. Teach me how to depend on you for my needs. And I think just reminding us ourselves of that and just every day asking God, will you be my source? Will you teach me to depend on you for my needs? And I love how the prayer says, Lord, will you teach me to depend on you? It just goes to show that we're human beings and that our default is not always to depend on him. Sometimes we have to learn. We learned behaviors from our parents. We learned behaviors from the the, um, scars and the injuries and the brokenness and the traumas that we encountered growing up, we've all have we all have learned behavior. I mean, I had learned to go to Kellen with all of my things and unlearned how to go to God. And I had to take those three weeks and say, you know what? I want to relearn the way that really it should be. And I can't tell you how amazing that was. So I'm not saying that you need to you know, take a break from your relationships or whatever. And maybe that is the case. But I just really want to encourage you guys to just reflect. Even right now, just ask yourself, what is my source? What is my why? Is it my husband, my kids? Like, why do I get up in the morning? What? Why do I do what I do? And if it's anything other than a relationship with God, if, he, if it's anything that can be taken away, I guess is the best thing I should say. If there's anything that can be lost, I just want to encourage you to even right now just say, oh, so sorry, God. Let me redirect and reprioritize and re- just rewrite the ship to where you are at the top of that. Because I know when you're at the top, everything else in my life is going to flourish and there you will be so much more enjoyable to others and you'll be able to enjoy others because no one will have a job everyone can just live freely enjoying each other's company so anyways i hope that this blessed you i hope that this was a good um encouragement and i hope that you're all doing well and have a great rest of your week we are getting close to meeting this baby girl 
it is anywhere from two weeks to I think four or five weeks, depending on what happens. But um, I'm going to do my best to just keep these rolling out. So love you guys, praying for you as always, and I will see y'all next time.